Welcome back to the Simple Farmhouse Life Podcast, episode 75. Today I'm bringing on a very special guest, Dr. Ashley Turner from Dr. Period Ashley Turner over on Instagram. She combines health and wellness, food, with a beautiful aesthetic. It's something I've never seen before. Really beautiful, dark, moody photos that are curated and just something to see. So listen through this interview and then also go check out her beautiful account while you're there. You will learn a lot about health, but you'll also be inspired by her beautiful home and homestead. My name is Lisa, mom of six and creator of the blog and YouTube channel, Farmhouse on Boone. Join me as I share with you my love for creating a handmade home from scratch cooking and a little mom and entrepreneur life along the way. So you're a mom to three girls and you homeschool and homestead. Yes. All of those. Yeah. So we, <laughs> we are really home-based at this point. I mean, I, I would say my full-time job is, is mothering and, and homeschooling, which is really, um, I'm obviously so passionate about that. Um, one thing that people don't um, know about me is, or a lot of people don't know about me, is that I have a degree in elementary education, and I actually spent several several years in the public schools, and um, that was all kind of as my husband was going through chiropractic. Um, that was my profession, and um, through that and through our season in um, chiropractic school, I really started to. Um, delve into the whole area of nutrition and holistic health. Um, obviously, we were immersed in this culture of a lot of like-minded people that really believe that, you know, the body was designed to heal itself, and we just need to give it the proper, you know, nutrition and tools to be able to facilitate wellness. So that was really um, a sweet time for my husband and I, who were already very. Um, naturally bent and definitely kind of critical thinkers, but, um, you know, being surrounded and encouraged by other people and, um, in that environment of just being hungry to learn for, to learn about how the body, um, functions best. So that was kind of a turning point for us and where I got in, inter introduced even to the Western Price Foundation and Sally Fallon's work. And so, um, you know, that was, a shift for me, um, not only personally, but started um, even, you know, professionally to really kind of consider how I wanted to spend the next season of my life. So um, it's funny, we, um, we were newlyweds at the time. <laughs> so we kind of packed up, moved from Pennsylvania, where we were both um, raised and had deep roots in Pennsylvania. We went out to Davenport, Iowa, which is where Palmer College of Chiropractic is. And I kind of joked, like he took me out to the cornfields <laughs> of <laughs> Iowa, um, even though um, it, it actually is um, in part of the Quad Cities. But um, still, we were out in this kind of foreign territory and I didn't have um, 
anybody except for him and these, um, you know, holistic health people. So I actually picked up a copy of Nourishing Traditions by Sally Fallon Morell at that time. And I pretty much did a 180 within the span of a couple of days. <laughs> we had completely turned our, our kitchen upside down and um, planted a garden and um, really just completely gave myself to this, you know, way of, of thinking about nourishing our bodies. And, um, my husband <laughs> took a little bit longer to get on board. <laughs> he was kind of shocked by, um, the complete upheaval. Um, but also loved my passion for just wanting to steward our bodies well. And, um, you know, do what I could nutritionally to support us. So I went from eating a, a fairly clean diet, but I would still say, you know, we weren't, you know, properly preparing grains or really scrutinizing the sourcing of our food much at all. Um, so I kind of went from that to all of a sudden I'm soaking and sprouting and fermenting everything <laughs> that we consumed and, you know, searching for raw milk and, you know, looking, you know, buying my eggs from, local farmers and, you know, getting our, our beef share and whatnot. So, um, it was really a, um, a sweet time and, and an intense time. Sometimes when we're making decisions for, um, our bodies and for our families and, and, you know, it's, I often recommend to people to take it slowly, <laughs> you know, you pick one thing for the next week or two to change. And then, you know, let it evolve. And um, for me, it wasn't that way. I tend to be kind of an all or nothing personality, but um, that's how it was for us. So <laughs> that's a little bit about kind of where, um, where I started. Um, you know, if we want to fast forward, I know you were kind of curious about even, um, you know, where I am professionally now. Um, I um, had my first child and again, we're kind of walking this Weston Price nourishing tradition path, um, really um, not living a toxic lifestyle at all, um, and just doing our best to steward our bodies well. Um, so, and I think it's, I think as a new mom, especially, you're even more sort of encouraged and empowered to. Um, to make the best decisions for, for your baby. Um, so anyways, we had, um, our first and, um, when she turned two, we started noticing some pretty significant and severe symptoms in her, um, both in her brain and her gut. And, you know, throughout, as, as we kind of were starting to walk through this, what ended up being a really dark season for us because of, um, these really significant symptoms, we were really um, confused <laughs> and so broken as parents because here we were these, you know, he he's a, has a doctorate in chiropractic. We're, you know, teaching this, these nutrition principles and, and holistic lifestyle principles. But here we have this child who is just so clearly suffering. Um, went through all the conventional, um, you know, paths and, and really ended up being super failed by conventional medicine and, um, you know, what advice they had to offer. They kind of just shrugged their shoulders and said, well, you know, she's probably on the autism spectrum and she's going to be constipated the rest of her life if you don't give her Miralax every day. And so, 
what we noticed as we stepped back, we thought, man, you know, we give her this Miralax and she just, her symptoms explode. They're just amplified when we give her this, you know, and so it kind of was this catalyst of intent, a season of learning for us. And so, um, you know, my husband started pursuing um, seminar teaching and functional medicine. And I went with them because I was the mom who was going to fight for my child. And so um, that was really, you know, probably the biggest stake in the ground for me professionally because I started learning voraciously. And so, um, you know, through a course of a few years, I um, got my doctorate in naturopathic medicine. I'm a traditional naturopath and board certified as a doctor of holistic health. Um, also, I'm certified as um, functional medicine practitioner, as well as functional genomics, looking at genetics um, and can, and alongside of functional medicine. So um, kind of a long story short, <laughs> I would not be where I'm at professionally if, if I hadn't um, been in a place of trial with, with my baby, probably. I mean, I definitely would have been interested and, and that interest was sparked uh, many years before she, before she was born. But, you know, th I don't think there's much <laughs> else that is more awful and watching a child suffer more motivating and and just um just so sad to watch a child suffer so that's kind of um a long story it brings me up to where i'm at professionally and yeah wrote a couple books <laughs> in the in there as well so um that's where i'm at today yeah i was thinking whenever you were talking about when you guys did your big life switch over to a traditional Sally Fallon, Weston Price type of thing. That's one of the things that I really love about that type of diet is I find that it, it takes sourcing things differently. It takes preparing things differently, but you're still eating all the same food in a lot of ways. You know, like, it's not like you have to give up anything. You just do it differently in a more real food type of way when you're preparing the grains like I make everything with sourdough, but it's, we can still eat everything. Just, yeah. it's not super restrictive. So aren't your books, um, are, now is one of your books a cookbook? It is. Yeah. Good. So, traditional food. Yeah. Restorative Kitchen, it, again, was sort of birthed out of this season of trial. So when we, um, as we were trained in functional medicine, we, we understood that our, our daughter actually had an autoimmune encephalitis, which is um, brain autoimmunity. Um, and now it's kind of classified as this um, pandas pan scenario, and it has very significant um, brain um, symptoms. So, but it, at the end of the day, its roots are in an autoimmune condition. So, um, restorative kitchen is sort of a, a protocol that goes through, um, really it's kind of a, a gut healing and autoimmune protocol, um, elimination diet, even for, um, people that are struggling with symptoms. So like I mentioned, we love the Western Price Foundation. I, I know Sally, um, I've written for them. I've done podcasts with them. I've eaten at uh, meals at Sally's farm and visited her. So I, I love everything about them. But I think sometimes we need to dig a little bit deeper into um, our nutrition and our health, especially when we have symptoms that aren't resolved just with switching over to traditional foods and um, 
traditionally prep, preparing foods. So um, restorative kitchen really takes out a lot of the foods that might cause an immune reaction. So this right. is different than just, um, you know, a food sensitivity. I mean, it's, it goes deeper because it elicits an immune response within the body. So things like gluten and grains and, and dairy, even raw dairy for, for some people will still elicit an immune response. Um, even though I think it's definitely the way to go if you don't have a dairy sensitivity, um, you know, things like eggs. And then, you know, you look at, you know, soy and corn and food additives and things like that, that really aren't always part of the traditional diet, of course, soy and, and conventional seed oils and things like that, because they're going to be inflammatory. So restorative kitchen removes a lot of those foods for a season. Um, and so the cookbook, it's actually a cookbook and a lifestyle guide. So the cookbook has, you know, all these recipes, um, you know, people have these chronic, you know, symptoms in the gut or brain, diagnosed autoimmune condition or any chronic illness, some of these foods are going to just contribute to those symptoms. So when I, you know, we can do food sensitivity testing and blood work and all kinds of things that are going to help get to the root cause of those things. But I often say, you know, the least expensive way is just to play around with your diet, remove some things for a, for a period of time. And then if you strategically add them back in, your body's going to tell you <laughs> which one of those foods really aren't agreeing with you. Um, Cause that's usually we'll see the symptoms, you know, flare up if a certain food is introduced and it's just, not congruent with your body's physiology. So um, really the whole first part of the book is just walking through, you know, removing inflammatory foods, sourcing, <laughs> sourcing quality meats. We know that, you know, you are what your meat eats. So if you're having this conventionally raised, you know, beef or chicken or whatever, you're, that can be inflammatory just from the mere fact that that <laughs> that cow or that chicken is not properly raised and properly nourished itself. So food sourcing is huge, no matter who you are, to really fostering optimal health. Um, so then the second part of the book is the lifestyle guide. So we also know that so many lifestyle factors contribute to any symptom and um, whether or not you're going to be able to facilitate optimal wellness. So, you know, various things, you know, that I walk through stress management, reducing the toxic load, kind of scrutinizing the toxins that might be in your environment, um, some things about exercise and sleep, and, and a lot of recipes, kinds of homemade personal care and household products, because Sometimes it's hard to source those and sometimes it's just fun to make them. So all of that is really kind of um, what I've included in restorative kitchen. So that sounds, I'm sure it's absolutely beautiful too. I need to get my hands on it. <laughs> it was a joy to make because I, I mentioned earlier, I'm a creative. I love creating and, and, and making, um, just adding beauty to the world. So it was really a fun project to work on. I'm a homeschooling mom. So my kids were really involved and we just had such a sweet time making it. It actually started out to be just a guide for our clinic, for our patients. 
And um, yeah, I was actually approached by a couple of publishers and started that process. And then I realized, you know what? <laughs> I think I want to say exactly what I want to say and not be, um, you know, have my message altered at all. So we actually ended up self-publishing, which was a whole learning experience. But I'm, I think I'm happy that we did it at this point because um, when you get my complete heart when you right, yeah. <laughs> when you restorative kitchen. So um, yeah, it was a fun project. Yeah. So um, I was going to ask you, what kind of principles do you stick by as far as traditional foods? Maybe outside of, you know, if someone is is healing from something, there's a lot more you have to dig a lot deeper and figure out what it is that they're reacting to. I don't know if you've ever heard of, I'm sure you've heard of, you've heard of the GAPS diet, similar absolutely. to things yep. like that. Yep, <laughs> of course you've heard We've on it for several years. Okay. Yeah. Very familiar. But, my husband's a certified GAPS practitioner. So. Okay. Okay. So my <laughs> sister, she reversed a dairy, I, I guess, I don't know if you could call it an allergy, but she mm -hmm. he got his blood tested. He was very highly sensitive to dairy she did the GAPS diet for like two years faithfully. And then now he has zero symptoms of, he, he, te they tested his blood and it's at, you know, it's not sensitive. Wonderful. But what about whenever someone doesn't know if they necessarily have any symptoms of anything, but they just want to live a healthier life. They want to have more energy, feel better. What are some of those traditional type of things that you like to do, like fermenting or raw milk. Yeah. Actually, my number one recommendation is often encouraging people to scrutinize the fats that they are taking in. So, you know, if we are, like I mentioned, consuming industrial seed oils, you know, peanut oil, canola oil, soy oil, corn oil, all the um, different oils that we know are very highly processed and inflammatory. Um, so those, again, aren't going to foster <laughs> wellness. But when we look at our cells, the cells that make up our bodies, our cell membranes are completely fat. They're phospholipid bilayer. You see your lipid in that. They are a membrane. We need good fats just for integrity of our cells. And we know that our brain is mostly fat. We need good cholesterols and, and fatty acids for optimal brain function. So when we look at, you know, the number one thing, my opinion, I love just switching out fats, um, you know, looking um, for things like animal fats from good, properly raised animals like beef tallow and a good lard and duck fat. First of all, they're delicious. They are going to make your food taste so wonderful and um, be pleasing. But also, if they're from a responsibly raised animal, they're going to have really great um, fatty acid profiles that are going to um, actually foster an anti-inflammatory effect and give us good fat-soluble vitamins. So I love cooking with those fats. And some people get a little bit freaked out about animal fats. And I often recommend coconut oil. I mean, coconut oil is fantastic as well. It has lots of antimicrobial properties as well. Um, it can just help shift the gut and the microbiome in a better place. So um, that's actually my first one, um, just because of, you know, we're, we're really lacking good nourishment from a fatty acid standpoint. Um, another thing is would just come down to 
sourcing, like I mentioned before, you know, where are your eggs coming from and what are they eating? You know, we can even go to the grocery store and see, you know, free range or cage free eggs. And, and that can be just a label that means that they're still in a, a conventional system. They're just not in a little cage, but they're, you know, not exposed to sunlight. They're not foraging for insects and, and all the things that are going to make those eggs, especially the egg yolks, a more nourishing food. So um, I always um, recommend, I have stuff listed on my website. We've got lists for our patients, you know, check out your local farms. I mean, that's typically the best place. Um, if you don't have any locally, you know, even visiting a farmer's market might help to introduce you to um, people that responsibly raise their, their food. Um, you know, we do live in a day and age. It's typically not my first choice. I, I do believe in supporting you know, the local economy and the local farms, but sometimes that's just not feasible for people. So, you know, we do live in an age where you can get quality meats delivered right to your doorstep. Yeah. So um, that is a gift that we live in that um, with that possibility right now. But I do think that, you know, supporting local farms is, is the best way to go. Um, but I think when we look at food sourcing, so we when we look for our meats and our eggs um, and even our produce, we're going to be um, obviously supporting local economy, but we're going to have healthier food that hasn't been, um, you know, hopefully if you're looking for like a pasture-raised or grass-fed, um, grass-fed beef, pasture-raised um, poultry items and um, pork items, we're, you're going to get, like I said, a different, a completely different food than what is raised in the conventional system. That's going to be anti-inflammatory for your body. Um, so, but in that same vein, I think when we source foods, we also need to kind of think about um, how produce has been produced as well. So if we're looking at our at conventional versus like an organic or beyond organic, um, sustainable produce, again, we're, we're not even really comparing food because we're going back to what is the health of the soil that this particular plant has um, been grown in. We know that when we have good, rich, fertile soil, that plant is going to be exponentially more nutritious than you know, the conventional counterpart. And I think a big difference between even when we're talking about ancestral nutrition, you know, one thing that the, our ancestors had going for them is they did not live in an incredibly toxic environment. Environmental toxins are ubiquitous in our culture today. And it's a sad reality of living um, in the 21st century, but we also can kind of vote and choose with how we um, how we source things and, and, and pay for um, what we are going to consume. So I, I don't think, unfortunately, organic even is as clean as we would hope just because our environment is so um, destroyed by environmental toxins, but I do believe that they are going to be the better choice. So really doing your due diligence to, um, to consume things that are not um, exposed to the environmental toxins are, is going to have massive health 
implications for you and your family. And then I always say, if you're in the position to, I mean, of course, supporting your local farmer is fantastic, but if you can even grow some things, if you have the littlest plot of land, you can grow your own food and you know exactly what is going on on that food, what's going into your soil, and um, not to mention just the the beauty of connecting with um, your food is um, really priceless. Yeah, I totally agree. Now, I get a lot of people asking me, what questions do you ask? So I can find local farmers that still feed their pigs out with soy and GMO corn, same with beef. So what, what do you look for when you're trying to source something locally? Absolutely. So that is typically my very first question. (laughs) What are you feeding your animal? Um, And oftentimes they will, like farmers are, are pretty happy to, to share exactly what, um, what their practices are, even if they don't align with, with what you want, they're typically very transparent about that. You know, sometimes, you know, I'm thinking back to all the farms in my local area that I support. And I mean, I've, I've gotten and dirty with those farms. Like they've shown me their back room. They've shown me where they milk. They show me, you know, this is how we do this. Here's let's go out to and see where the chickens are and, and how we rotate through our pastures. And, and so don't be afraid to say, Hey, can I, can I see how, you know, can I see the animals? I mean, you should be able as you're driving up their driveway to see animals on pasture and, um, you know, enjoying sun, sunshine and being <laughs> alive out in, um, in their native environment. So, you know, asking Number one, what are you you feeding your animals and asking questions about how they manage their their livestock and how they are um, milked and whatnot. Asking to see that you're going to be able to see whether or not these animals are truly being raised responsibly and sustainably. So what are some deal breakers for you? Like in my area, we have to dig to find because I live in Missouri. So this is just, you can find farmers all day long. It's just, everybody's doing it conventionally. What are deal breakers? So in Missouri, you would probably have to have laws on against raw milk. We don't know. We actually have very lenient laws. Yeah. Very few. Um, deal breaker for me would be any sort of um, conventional feed that is going to contain soy. Um, For us, I mean, even, even corn, you know, there are some other grains that we don't love um, really just because our family is sensitive to them. And if, if we're going to be exposed through the animal products we're consuming, it's just not ideal for us, but definitely soy is an absolute deal breaker. Um, I think if they're being given any antibiotics or hormones, complete deal break. Don't be afraid to ask, you know, what do you supplement your feed? Do you vaccinate? Do you give hormones? You know, what are you giving to your animals? Um, those are probably the biggest ones. Um, and again, if, if I don't see that these animals are truly on pasture, that would be a deal breaker as well. Right. Yeah. We have to go, we have to go pretty far out of our way to get all the way grass fed beef. So not grain finished, but just 
yeah. you know, the leaner grass fed. It's not, Absolutely. it's not too available around here, but it is, you can find it. It's just. That's a great point. I'm glad you brought that up because grass fed has even become a term that is a little um, gray and unclear. So all cows are grass fed to an extent. I mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so understanding, okay, you're saying they're grass fed. Are you giving, are you supplementing with any sort of you know, grain at all, that would be a deal breaker. And if even that grass finished, you, you want to cross the finish line with those grass fed animals. Most cows are started on grass or on grass at some point, like you said. So definitely something to be aware of. I was also going to talk a little bit back about back when you were talking about fats, mm-hmm. it can be pretty tricky unless you cook from scratch, because you might think that you're not getting any of those oils, but mm-hmm. then if you if you're eating any processed foods at all, I know that's happened to me where I'm like, oh yeah, we cook with coconut oil and butter only. And then I look at, you know, just these tortilla chips or whatever you have most likely has one of those offending oils. Cause people don't, I don't know. Does anybody still buy canola oil? I was going to say people don't buy canola oil anyway. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong. I, I don't know. I would hope they wouldn't admit to it if they were. <laughs> <laughs> but it can be in things that you don't realize. Absolutely. It totally can. Can. So even if something, if I do this a lot, and even with my clients, oh, it's organic, Ew. or oh, it says it's paleo or grain-free or whatever, you know, I'm like, okay, so really, I mean, it seems so second nature for me, and even as I'm teaching my girls to like, well, let's look at the label, what does it say? Oh, soybean oil is the first ingredient on this yeah. for crying out loud. Like, you, it's so, I mean, that's great that it's organic soybean oil, but it's not GMO. Being genetically modified and inflammatory hormone disruptors. So, you know, absolutely just learn to read those nutrition labels and scrutinizing, you know, and it's really easy. I mean, you see something's labeled organic, flip it over and see what's in it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It can still have lots of sugar too, just because it's organic sugar, you know, doesn't. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's one of my biggest pet peeves is, and my girls even like, we'll be out shopping. Oh, mom, it's organic. Well, yeah, but it has 35 grams of organic sugar, which is right. not going to be beneficial for It's literally just part. not GMO sugar, but it's still everything else about sugar. Exactly. <laughs> so where would you recommend that people start? If Usually whenever I talk about this topic, I, I like you say one thing at a time. I usually am like, well, okay, you can start by fermenting uh, cabbage. You know, that's somewhere really easy to start maybe then add on soaking your grains and eventually, you know, but what kind of resources as far as books, where would you recommend people begin? Yeah. So I mentioned Nourishing Traditions by Mm -hmm. Sally Fallon Morell. And that is, and I think most people who have been on this wellness journey have at least heard of that book and and really point to that as kind of the gold standard. If you're a generally healthy person just wanting to optimize your wellness and optimize your nutrition, that is one of the most comprehensive resources that you're going to find. Um, in fact, and that's kind of where we're, we're at the, the end goal for a lot of our, our clients is to end up there. We want to get your gut healed and your body or whatever symptoms into remission so that we can ultimately get you to more of a nourishing traditions diet. You know, a lot of our, our clients are 
chronically sick people. So they're often not doing a lot of gluten and dairy because of the immune and inflammatory response that it elicits in them. Um, but I would say absolutely hands down nourishing traditions. Um, and the Weston Price blog and website are also fantastic. It's kind of, you know, they also have in their, for their membership, Wise Traditions. It's a quarterly journal that comes out and it kind of talks it all things nutrition and farming and holistic health. So it kind of takes nourishing traditions just another step further and just making wise decisions for your, your own personal health and your family's health as well. Um, and I would ha probably have to even say, you know, if, if you have any symptoms, it probably would point you towards my book because that really is taking a decade worth of study for myself and kind of boiling it down into the most important parts. Um, you mentioned fermented foods. There's a whole section in there about fermented foods and foods and drinks. So um, I love fermentation. The only, I'm a little hesitant to say that that's a place where people should start just because I have so many um, patients that have even like a mold sensitivity or some, some symptoms that they can actually even be aggravated by oh, wow. in the beginning <laughs> and with some of those things. So that's, there's a word of caution. You know, if you don't feel awesome eating a fermented food back off or, you know, check out a, a trusted practitioner that might be able to help walk you through that. But all in all, you know, when you are taking in a fermented food, it is just a probiotic <laughs> in food form. Um, plus it's delicious and, and, and fun to eat and, and just complements food so well. Um, so this would probably be my biggest um, resources at this time. Our clinic actually also has a blog. So if you are interested in other, um, you know, health related things that can be um, a place for um, it's pretty much exclusively written by myself. So <laughs> you can get some of my thought process on all things functional medicine and, and different topics on there as well. So where is that again? That is restorative Cairo. Yeah, restorativechiro.com. That is our the website for our clinic, which is actually now Restorative Wellness Center. It grew from Restorative Chiropractic. Now it's Restorative Wellness Center. We have an MD on staff and another chiropractor. My husband's a functional medicine practitioner and myself. So um, that's Restorative Wellness Center. I also have my own personal website, drashleyturner.com, where there's a lot of, um, I've linked a lot of kind of my favorite products and, and different food okay. sourcing things in there, um, which is often a helpful resource and, and my books can be found there as well. Okay. That's what I was going to ask you next. And then you're on Instagram at Dr. Ashley Turner. So I'm sure you probably have your website link there as well. Yeah. I'm looking at your, your website right now. And then you have cultivating. Oh, wait, no, that's not a book. Is that a book? Cultivating. Being table. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's so that's my second book. And that's more, you know, I'm a, I'm a homeschooling mother first and foremost. So that is kind of just a complimentary resource to restorative kitchen. And it, it's just a short, sweet resource for families who want to not only, you know, cultivate um, good health and nutrition, but also, you know, family connections. So there's a brief section about 
just cultivating um, togetherness around the table, but also, you know, even how to approach the table that's going to be the most health promoting as well, you know, sitting down. <laughs> so many people don't sit down to eat anymore. So sitting down, gathering around whoever, it could be friends. I mean, I think probably a lot of your listeners are, are likely moms or home gathering your people around you, um, sitting down, taking some deep breaths. I mean, just that alone has massive implications on our digestion and assimilation. Um, so, you know, chewing our food and, and, you know, digestion is a top down process. So, you know, we have to look at the basics. Are we coming to the table in a super stressed out place? If we're stressed out, we're going to have decreased HCL production. So we're not even going to have adequate stomach acid to start to break down our food and also to initiate the cascade of uh, all of the digestive process and the digestive enzyme release. So, um, you know, <laughs> sounds silly and, but it's so simple and, and, and important. So if you're having digestive symptoms, I mean, I, the first thing I ask people, well, are you sitting down to eat? Are you taking a few deep breaths and grounding yourself? Are you chewing your food? Well, those are basic, but oh, so important. So just a reminder there, and then just, you know, how to create a life-giving um, ambiance to your table. And then most of the rest of the, the book is just various discussion and conversation starters that you can do with your spouse, with your children. And, um, you know, I think the table has profound implications on our families and on our communities and, and even our culture as a whole. Mm -hmm. So if we're really being intentional with those mealtimes. I think that we are just um, wonderful and beautiful things can come from those mealtimes. Oh yes, definitely. I was going to, I was going to say, but Dr. Ashley, what if I have four little boys? <laughs> How do I not I be don't stressed? Know anything about boys. I don't, I don't know. I had I two girls anything. and then I had four <laughs> boys and our dinner tables are the opposite of everything you're describing right now. <laughs> and I, I mean, we'll get back to that place. I know <laughs> right now it's just like, sit, sit. Stop climbing yeah. in the window. Get off the table. <laughs> oh, girl. Oh, my gosh. I'm not sure I have anything worthwhile to say because boys are like a totally different <laughs> from what I, what I deal with. So I don't know. I, little by it. little. I hope. <laughs> I, I would hope little by little. Little bits of training. I don't know. Yeah. No, that's true. There's also, there's so little. We had... We had two girls and then we had four boys in a row. So all of the boys wow. are seven and under. Wow. And so, yeah, I don't, there's just going to well, be a certain you. level of chaos. I think, I don't know if it's reasonable to expect there to be none, but right. <laughs> we could right. probably Maybe yeah. a little bit more controlled chaos. No, yeah. No. Yeah. That'd be good. That'd be good. <laughs> oh man. Awesome. So best place to find you is drashleyturner.com and then Instagram at drashleyturner. And then on Instagram, it's doctor period Ashley Turner. Correct. Yes. Yep. Yeah. It's webs. funny. My husband will call me Drash. Oh, <laughs> Drash. He, like that's his nickname for me. So I have to put a period in there because people won't understand. I'm yep. Like I, 
I don't know if you follow. I've, I follow people like that. I've always thought of their name as something different. And then when they say it, I'm like, oh, I did not read it that way. I have a little sister named Ashley, and we go skiing every year since we were kids. And so her nickname is Crash. That's been her nickname forever. Oh, my goodness. Crash. I love it. It's so fun. <laughs> it lends itself to nicknames. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing all of your so much knowledge. You've given us a lot of places to start. If anybody wants to dig deeper, there's a lot to lot to learn. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Simple Farmhouse Life podcast. I really hope that you enjoyed it. Make sure to go check out Dr. Ashley Turner over on Instagram, and I will see you in episode 76.